0: Now entering Nerdist.com. You made it weird, you made it weird, you made it weird, oh yeah. You made it weird, you made it weird, <laughs> yes you did. You made it, <laughs> weird. made it weird, oh yeah. You made it
1: weird you with it weird. Pete Holmes. <laughs> What's up, weirdos? Uh, th- this is incredible. This is the uh, this is one year we've been on uh, we've been on the air. Do people say that we've been on the air for one year, which is which is truly unbelievable? I can't I can't even begin to express what the show means to me. And it's so it's been so great going out and meeting the weirdos and hearing what it means to you guys as well. So thank you so much for listening. And we have Zach Alifanakis, obviously a big get for us and, and a great episode. I know I say that a lot, but this one was really, really special for me, and uh, I'm happy to share it. Let's get this out of the way right up top. You can uh, come see me do live stand-up, and we have a couple live You Made It Weirds coming up. November 8th, uh, let me do the city first. I'm going to New York, New York. <laughs> New York, New York. Uh, to the Gramercy Theater for a live You Made It Weird on November 8th. Washington, D.C., I'm going to be at the U Street Music Hall on November 12th. Nashville, Tennessee, in one night, I'm going to be at the High Watt November 16th. Atlanta, Georgia, the Relapse Theater November 17th. Boston, Mass, Paradise Rock Club on November 24th. San Francisco, I'm going to be co-headlining with Kyle Kinane, Chicago, November 29th to December 2nd. December 3rd is going to be a live You Made It Weird there at Cobbs in San Francisco. Portland, Oregon, I'm going to be at the Helium Comedy Club December 5th through 8th. Philly, PA, Helium again December 12th through 15th. And then going back to New York, New York, New York, back to the Gramercy, but this time to do stand-up on December 21st. Also, I want to say, just take my hour here in Austin. I'm recording this from the hotel uh, I'm going to say the crowd was 98% weirdos, and it was incredible. Just an incredible, incredible gift uh, to have such a wonderful audience. Weirdos make the best crowds, and, uh, and it was very, very moving that you guys made it out, and the special was awesome. I'm very happy to report that it went well. The, uh, the sponsor, you can always go to YouMadeItWeird.com, donate to Katie, which is great, because she just made uh, lemonade, but she used lime, which you think might be nice, but she, she really hates limes, so she's kind of in a, a state of panic and shock. So if you want to donate to Katie, you can at you made it You can also buy a t-shirt by weirdos for weirdos. And the sponsor, the official sponsor is Amazon. All you got to do if you're going to buy anything on Amazon, just do it through Nerdist and do it through you made it weird. Go to nerdist.com, go to you made it weird, click on the Amazon banner, and then shop through that version of the Amazon site, which is exactly the same, except for some reason, we'll get a little bit of money if you want to support the show. As always, it's a free podcast. So do what you want and enjoy this episode. Thanks, weirdos. Oops, sorry. One last thing I forgot to mention. All those tour dates are on PeteHolmes.com. I mean, who's going to remember them? So then you go to PeteHolmes.com, and you can get links and get tickets. Hope to see some weirdos out. Thanks. That's it. Let let, let me just... Be an idiot, and yep. I'll ask you things. Yeah. And if you don't like it, just say... Yeah, I'll, I'll tell you. We won't even include... I know the rules already. You know the rules, but it's not an uncomfortable show. We just like to... I, what it is, is an extension of uh, therapy and learning what people are thinking and stuff. I, I think it's a fun thing. How like, many guests have you had on? You'll be... You know, you might time out really nicely. I'm like at 90 or something. 90? I'd like you to be number 100, maybe. Jesus! It's like a special episode. That's a lot of people. I don't know if that's a
2: wasp. It's a, re- <laughs> a, regu- a regular bee. I don't know what that is behind, behind you, Peter. You but uh, it's going to be leaving soon. Oh, I see him.
1: It that's doesn't look wasp. too... Th- is that a regu- regular wasp? That looks like a super wasp.
2: What do you think of that? Is like a Presbyterian or... <laughs> <laughs>
1: Was that a Presbyterian bee? Uh, <laughs> Yuppie also stands for something, right? Yeah, what does it mean? Young, Young urban? I, I think I knew that part. Pedophile?
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> I remember when my dad dropped me off at camp. I went to a Quaker camp. Um, I actually, your, your house, just correct me if we can't talk about your house. Of course. It has can. just such a... A feel that i can't find anywhere you got the freestanding tub i'm from the east coast yeah old places that medicine cabinet you have in your restroom made me uh choke up a little bit I, not tear up but i was like uh yeah with this house is a
2: hundred years old this mm. year it was i bought it 12 years ago and just kind of gutted it out with these surfer dudes <laughs> and um
1: Made it put it back to like what I think it would look like have looked like back then. It, yeah, I I think I would have to agree. Having grown up near, uh, I, you said don't never get married. I actually was married. Did you know that about me? No, I didn't. It's know. okay. Everybody on the show, it comes up a lot. I'm not even joking. When this is like my therapy with my friends and stuff, but her house was built in like I don't know this 1800s. I don't know really old house, and it remind the flow of this house is very similar. It's very practical. Why would you separate the kitchen in a labyrinth? Like, have the kitchen and the seating area and the front. It was beautiful. Well,
2: this house is really... I like it because it's small, and I cook a lot. So I like that you can just reach for things without moving. Yeah. You know what I mean? Ugh. And it also has a very cocoon feel, feeling, which I, I feel like. feel very safe in Yeah, here. But yeah. there's a lot of light. But I will tell you this. Yeah. I uh, went away a couple... S- a year ago. And I was in uh, Asia... Is that what
1: the photos in the bathroom are?
2: Yes, Um, and then uh, I found out that these crack addicts were living. I was renting my house out, and then there was like a three-week period, or maybe a month, where no one was here because I didn't find a new renter. Uh huh. Andrew Bird, do you know who that is? Yeah, that's uh, the last guy that rented this place. He's a musician. Great, great musician. Yeah, yeah, one of the best. uh, I know no one. one Singer-songwriters, fantastic. But he left. And then we found out that uh, people were selling crack and ski mask out of my backyard. Why the ski mask? It's a very covered with shrubbery. <laughs> we just got that. I never saw the the people do it. We just heard that there were people living in tents and uh, had ski masks on in our backyard. Right here? Yeah. Right there. So no one was in the house? People, people eventually broke in and and stole my car and took some of my tax stuff oh but i think we i think we fixed it was that when your computer somebody told me your computer was stolen no my computer wasn't stolen one of the people that i rented the house to her computer was stolen Uh... just snagged out of the window because the window was open this neighborhood is um it has its periods of uh you can tell when the economy's really bad because the,
1: the crime kind of goes up. A Is little that bit. right? Yeah. People do you, so they come here or they live near here? I know that's a weird question, but like it seems it's like it's pretty a-
2: transient. Um and I feel that it's uh you know, unfortunately with these terrible times that uh there's people living in their car and then, and, and, you know, there's kind of a with with that kind of poverty brings a little bit of a criminal element. So sure. when I first bought it, you could buy heroin out of a car. In front of my house. Really? Yeah. one uh, of uh, The heroin trade a couple of blocks away from here has been strong since the 40s. Get at it! Yeah, and I think I,
1: they got rid of that family, because I don't see them around anymore. So did you have foresight? Were you like, this is gonna be nice, or were you just like... Fuck it. You know you what you at? do is you just kind of feel out where the gay people are moving. <laughs> they're always going to improve
2: a neighborhood or any kind of – because commerce always follows art. So if you if if you find like like, like an artistic pocket of wherever, it's always going to get better. It
1: just will. Yeah. I mean that's just a
2: something that I've observed well, in you, my life. you
1: have a place in uh, Williamsburg? I, ran into, I used to run into you I around there. I used to there.
2: live in uh, – I used to live in Williamsburg twenty years ago See, that's when it was creepy. just Polish families and not trust fund uh, artists, if you will.
1: Right. Well, but isn't that the the fruition of what you just said? Yeah, a, but a That's a bad. That's a bad example well, of it, though, subway. because it, it
2: just you know Williamsburg is nice and but I just think, feel like people now are just playing a part. Yeah, sure. You know, they've seen something about Williamsburg being cool right. and they moved there from Scottsdale Scottsdale, Arizona I just from their last Mc, McMansion's <laughs> sure, from sure, their sure. father's bank you know, bank account or mother's bank account. Right. And they're living the style, but right. I don't know if it's that artistic as much as it used to be. Yeah. Uh but I lived there frustratingly so about three years ago. I was like, Jesus. Yeah. You know, enough with the uh Ironic. Well, everybody's you- walking around dressed as a chimney sweep. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but you want to belong. Isn't that the, the appeal of that? Like I, I'm, I'm kind of like a, I don't know where I fit in sort of person. In high school, I, I, joined, I had like a punk rock face. It's nice to put on the uniform of a group. I have to imagine it's kind of cozy to wait for the L train and see people wearing the exact same outfit. I know it's lame, but but people are lonely Well, I think people
2: beat up Williamsburg Because it's, it's kind of an easy thing to do right now But, uh, yeah, it is good
1: to be part of a group I think, don't you get that with your comedian group? Absolutely You yeah.
2: know, you kind of feel like you're part of something
1: Yeah Which is nice Isn't uh, that the main feature? Is that the main feature for you? The only reason I got into comedy because I was <laughs> looking for some friends
2: That, <laughs> that were uh, suicidal <laughs> and came from
1: shitty backgrounds Do you remember though that when you got into comedy Let's talk about, about that just getting into it You start getting funnier friends I remember being like And then I'd go home And I, don't know, I have very funny friends from my high school and stuff They're hilarious But like I realized that the quality of the conversation had, had gone down just a little bit for my taste And then I was like Oh this is one of the main It might not even be a perk It might be the main pursuit it's Yeah the, I think I, I notice sometimes that
2: comedians communicate in a much different way than say regular people sure when it's a group of comics there is all there seems to be this um way that we all speak to each other that we kind of understand that anything goes yeah maybe Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. whereas your outside comedian friends you couldn't maybe make a joke about certain things because Mm -hmm. it's a little taboo or something but with comics that door is always open, and almost you're invited right. to, to be
1: taboo. The insult is not making the joke. That's right. Like, if
2: I had a joke about you and I didn't say it, it would probably hurt your feelings. Yeah, I like I like to be made fun of. Yeah. I don't mind it. If it's funny, it doesn't bother me at all. But I also expect people to like to be made fun of. Right. I, I, I make fun of everybody I know. I just right. That's just the way I am, and that's the way I was brought up. Right. I was certainly made fun of constantly. Right, right, right. I think it's a really... Interesting way that comedians specifically communicate is by um, beating each other up in yeah. a fun.
1: You know, it, good good natured ribbing. Way. Absolutely. In fact, you, you mentioned that you don't listen to the show. Most of this show is me laughing really hard, almost masochistically, <laughs> when people make fun. I, I made a joke about myself. I said, "I look like I've been told I look like Renee Zellweger." Yeah, maybe i that, yeah. and I was like, "Yeah, but it's true." And uh, I don't know if that's hurtful when I when I hear that. I'm just like, "Oh, it's nice to be seen." Like my eyes do kind of look like yeah Renee yeah, Zellweger, yeah 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 I, yeah. I yeah. It made me laugh right when I when I heard it, <laughs> which is very nice. You're, I, I like that you're a generous laugher. You don't seem. I uh, no, I like it's.
2: God, I mean, yeah, it's the best feeling in the world. It's selfish because it, I, it's chemical. It's releasing
1: yeah. something. Endorphins, I think. Yeah, it's all endorphins. That's uh, it's my jogging. Yeah, instead, it's the same as laugh. Yeah, a runner's high. I think is very similar to yeah. laughing really yeah, hard. Yeah,
2: people forget. People don't. I, I think we've never really explored. Or I've, I mean, I've never really read anything about the the. This sounds so. I don't know how to say it without sounding so cheesy, but there place. really is <laughs> principle and and medicinal principle in in just laughing. There yeah. really, really is, and uh, I, I think society. I think we. I mean, I look at these movies and TV shows that are good and they're dramatic, but I'm like, where is the humor in in these shows? Why why is everything so, like I don't know I was watching um, Downton Abbey Do you know that show?
1: No I've heard it's great It's fantastic Oh really? I mean I To, I be, believe honest, it's on to the... be honest with you I don't understand half of it But uh... What does that mean in which way?
2: Because it's You gotta pay attention oh, You okay. really have to pay attention yeah, 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 Have yeah. you seen it?
1: That's how I felt Did about you... the, the Wire I was like Who's this mayor guy? I know it's The great. Wire I could follow For oh, some reason I'll just You didn't uh... <laughs> It was the political subplot That I didn't care enough To bother to follow it Yeah I was like yeah. Get back to the streets <laughs>
2: <laughs> I was you know saying. what I liked about The Wire when they uh, shot it
1: in your backyard.
2: <laughs> yeah, it was filmed right here with the crack addicts living underneath my ping pong table. Um, the uh, the guys would always the two officers or uh, uh-huh. would, they would always sit on their car hood and yes. talk. Yes, and one of them would litter. Yeah, and it made me laugh so hard. Uh, he
1: just drink his beer and throw it on the ground because yeah. littering to me is the worst. Oh, that's so funny. And I hate littering. I was just watching season two of Mad Men where they finish the picnic and they and they tear up the, they tear up their picnic blanket and just all the garbage. Yeah, goes everywhere. littering was a thing. The littering was a thing. It really was. It a still thing. upsets me to this day when I see people litter. I was dating this girl, and I
2: you would know who she is, but uh, meaning because she's a comic, a sure. very funny woman and.
1: The littering. She, we co- were
2: driving back from the desert or something And she took a bag of trash And threw it out my window Oh my god And I was so livid I slammed on the brakes on the highway Put it in reverse And made her open the door And pick it up and made her throw it out to her house <laughs> <laughs>
1: You know Like, like, like a child Like sounds- a lesson <laughs> It sounds like something you would threaten to do, but you actually did it. You'd be like, I should slam on the no, I did. No, I did it. You actually I did, did it. it. it.
2: made me so mad. How did she respond to that? She did.
1: She picked it up. And I,
2: I've gotten into, I, I will get into a lecture with some, I think it's terrible. I have an old manness in me that doesn't mind lecturing people. Like I was
1: lectured <laughs> as a child. It doesn't bother me whatsoever. <laughs> doling out a good lecture. A lecture. But that's actually something I'm drawn to people, and, I, and not to be weird. I know it's onion water. And say that I, I, I'm, I've I'm been drawn to a quality of yours, which is that you don't seem to be bothered being yourself. And I know that's a weird thing to say. I'm fresh out of therapy this morning where I was talking about the masks we wear and that I, I want to be perceived as like perfect and, and, mm-hmm. and liked. I want to be liked so badly. So if someone littered out my car, I, I would never... I'd fantasize about what you did, and worse, I'd like put her face in the garbage or something. But Pete,
2: but Pete, the thing about making someone go pick it up is that they will like you for that eventually.
1: Yeah, see, that's you know, really
2: a- you know what I mean. They, 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 they do. People like to be told that yeah, you're kind of that's not right. They, they kind of do. N- well, they appreciate the. I've been told many times that what I do is not right, and sometimes I like you know what I get it. You're right. I'm, that was bad that I did that. Right. Uh I, I think all comics there is or a lot of us there is a thing um that we do want to be liked. Yeah. My brother claims that I am like that that I just wanna be liked but I, I- I don't really see
1: it. I don't see that that much. Well, that's that's funny because I was drawn to the opposite. Not that you're a dick at all, but I, I was like, oh, I think Zach is a genuine person. I, I try to be. There have been times when like uh, you've given me not lectures, but you gave me <laughs> <laughs> a lecture. <laughs> you you've given me advice before. Like I was doing, I was trying to do my uh, CD and I didn't end up doing this, but I was recording it piecemeal. I was doing six 10-minute sets at UCB at Whiplash because it's such a great show. And I was like, I think it's going to work. We're going to edit together. And, and you just shot me really straight. You didn't go like, hey, I respect that. That sounds like an interesting thing to try. This is what I would do. I'd buffer it. You just said like, I, I don't I don't think you should try so hard. Like you should just let it be what it is and, and flow. And, and that, that effort kind of puts a stank on it.
2: Yeah, I think with uh, that... Uh Everything that I do is motivated at a laziness. So, <laughs>
1: you
2: know what I mean, I mean, if sugarcoated it some other way, like just be yourself. But no, I, I think. uh... But I like, think,
1: yeah, yeah, Your live at the Purple Onion is 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 casual. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the word. Yeah. yeah. And you told me recently that you just did your first film where the director didn't allow you to improvise, which yeah. I thought was interesting. Yeah. So here we are. What it is is uh, I think it was Jackie Gleason that never learned his lines, and I think it was him that said he was like I'm not good enough. I can't learn the line and then say it like I did, like I've not learned it. So you've taken laziness, as you call it, and turned it into you kind of like kept it away from your talent. You were like this is effort is fucking up my talent.
2: Yeah, I think that if you do try hard, it gets in the way of some sort of flow, especially as a comic. I really do think that but regarding the 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 thing you just brought up this movie that that I would never been forced to really act in quotes yeah you know you you just kind of as a comic you you get away with a lot more cuz they you know they hope you that you chip in with an improv here and there yeah um but it was a good discipline for me because it was uh, it was hard it was it was I mean I'm not like a sh- you know I don't have any training I don't you know like been performing in front of drunks for years. That's my that's my training. That and cool kids at UCB. That cult. And uh so you know It's intimidating When you try to do something Something a little bit different
1: Like legit a little Legitimately, bit Legitimately Like other actors You know But don't you think The other side of the fence Is going like I, I couldn't do that Everybody's wondering How the other side is doing Yeah it. It's it's People always say I don't know how You're a stand-up comic That's so difficult I just watched a, a, a Eminem uh, rapping One of those rapping videos and it was five. It was five guys in a rapping video, mm-hmm. and it was amazing. And I, I, wrote back to Zach Sherwin who sent it to me. I said, "Was that all they had to do that day? Because if I had to remember, this is such a hack." Is that- <laughs> <laughs> Is that all he had to do that day? Is that That's it? Really funny. That's all I could think. Because if there was anything <laughs> else, if there was a grocery list in there, I'd forget the last couplet or yeah. whatever. Because you should hear the rat. It's like so complicated. So similarly, uh, I, I don't. Where was I going with that? I don't remember. But you were in you were in a movie, and they would actually call cut when they would be like, if you fucked up a line, like almost like a mammoth level. Yeah, it was beast. But you know,
2: I find that if you if you work for a writer. Mm. Specifically, the writers, and rightfully so. By the way, they have a real protection over their words, and they want it said the way that they have written it. Uh, so you have to you have to be respectful of that, and yeah. even though it's tough yeah. for me. Yeah, I, I believe that. What What is it like w- uh, with your family? How, a Big family? I have a big. Uh, well, I have a lot of cousins and stuff, okay. um, But I have a brother and a sister. Okay. Really, really, really nice people.
1: Super, and they're, they're funny as well?
2: Uh, I think my sister is probably the funniest person in my family, but my brother is really gregarious and um, outgoing, but super funny. He's yeah. a perfect combination because you he allows you to laugh at him, yeah. and also he's super funny. So oh, it's a
1: great fun. mix. That goes back to being made fun of. That, that's perfect because it's interesting that you, you casually mentioned that you got made fun of growing up. Yeah, everybody maybe, does, maybe, Yeah, yeah. I'm not, I wasn't like, tell yeah. us about that. Yeah, I just I mean no. like everybody's made fun of, but sure. then it's funny how that kind of gets uh, converted into this nice currency that like now we enjoy making fun of each other. Yeah. It's almost like a reclaiming of yeah. the tease. Andy Kendler uh,
2: was over here the other night, and all he does is make fun of everybody. And yeah, be, I mean, I think that's why I'm friends with him, because I just really like the way he does it. Right. Um, because I don't know, there seems to be a lot of funness about it, but he... He once called me the thinking man's Paulie Shore. Oh my God, that is <laughs> and it just makes it made me so happy. Like I'm not offended by that.
1: <laughs> I'm, I'm deeply honored whenever Andy's made by you yeah, me as yeah, well. Yeah. It's a privilege. Yeah, it's a privilege. But uh, going back to like uh, uh, a
2: critical thing. Sure. Once um, I had this talk show years ago, and this guy. Uh, the VH1 show? Yeah, yeah. I was on VH1, and this guy for the a Baltimore newspaper. This is before, I guess, the internet. I When did it When did the internet come out? <laughs> Seriously, when does when did it come out? I wish uh, somebody would break it. But when did the internet come I out? I believe it was
1: around 1999 was when email was more prevalent and stuff like that. Right. But Oh, you know what? 97 there was I remember Hotmail. Did you
2: have email in 97?
1: I remember not everyone did because Hotmail came out and Hotmail seemed really funny. It was like he's got a Hotmail account. Remember, yeah, no one uh, makes that joke uh, oh, anymore. Right. But in high school, that was that was a real go-to hotmail. So someone had it, but it was odd if you had the internet.
2: Well, yeah, I don't. I, this was two thousand. I don't remember. I don't remember being online in two thousand. Maybe maybe I was, but maybe it was the beginning. But anyway, this guy—I don't know how he got this review. <laughs> but this guy for the Baltimore paper he reviewed the talk show, and you know, it's it was not a great review. But he was whatever he wrote it and he believed it, and uh, you know, so. Comedy is like music, I think. It's certain people, like, I don't like certain kinds of music, but I understand why people right. find that appealing. And I feel the same way with, with comedy. Um, but this guy had written this really bad review of the talk show, which a talk show takes a long time to get on its feet. This was the first week, and I call the reviewer, and I get him on the phone, and I'm like, Hey, will you come on the talk show and t- talk about how bad you think the talk show is? It would be really good. It would be interesting. Funny, yeah, yeah. yeah. And he's like, no. Um, and then I had this, sec- said, this no. other this other plan, and I told him, I said, "Well, tune in tomorrow night because your review really stuck with me, and I'm going to kill myself on national television because of your review." <laughs> and he started backpedaling. He's like, "Well, I, the, your show is not." He believed that I was really going at do it. Oh my it. god! I was very serious about it. Oh my god! I, Just tune in because it really got to me, and I'm I'm going to you know your words have a lot uh, did a lot of damage to me oh my god uh, and i just i think it was just a way to to get back at a reviewer for yeah. once you know yeah, but yeah, yeah. but uh <laughs> i i don't tend to try to read those things holy shit <laughs> i don't understand why a movie reviewer why they wouldn't just write a po- they only write positive reviews so if they see a movie or whatever they only come out of the woodworks if it's great. Right. What a
1: That's such an easy way to... I'm is kind there of a
2: reviewer like that?
1: Yeah, I, it makes perfect sense. And then by omission, it's like, oh, I guess he didn't really like yeah, this. Yeah, or, or he didn't
2: get around to it. Yeah. But, you know, he saw this and he had glowing things to say about right. it. Also, as a reviewer, it would be the greatest thing because you would only be liked. Yeah. You would only be respected. Yeah. Uh, I know it's kind of a cop-out, I guess, if you don't review... Why waste your time with a bad? What movie, does it I guess? serve? I guess. Well, well when it was yeah. a bad review, gonna.
1: Right. You know, and like you were saying, it is subjective. Like I, I see movies that I don't like, and then I'm surrounded by people that love them, and it's not because I'm a snob. It's maybe I'm too old, or maybe I just don't feel like an action movie, or whatever it is. Uh, so you're right; it's subjective. Yeah. You know what's funny is you seem to have a problem, uh, <laughs> Zach. You seem to have a problem with the Chinese. With the Chinese as a people, mm-hmm. which is weird because there's billions of them. So you should <laughs> pick a smaller, maybe Inuits. <laughs> <laughs> maybe pick the, you know, maybe a group that you can handle. You it. Yeah, <laughs> you. Uh, we've. I've, I've heard you talk a little bit about struggling with mass appeal. Like you just did the the candidates movie, the campaign. I'm so sorry. People always call it the candidates. It's okay, I heard all the time. I wasn't even trying to think of the title. I was just like you yeah, were. Yeah, some you were kind of candidate. political thing. Something. I, don't know. I didn't even make the yeah, effort to get movie. it wrong. Yeah. Uh, that movie, candidate. Yes, the it's candidate. They called the, 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 the campaign was
2: a movie, right? Was that a Russian? The Manchurian. B- Ken? Manchurian character, right? Yeah, oh, right.
1: I can't believe that was it. I thought I was like riffing a bit, and you're like, "No, nope, oh, that's, Manchur- what I was that's right. That's right."
2: <laughs> I don't like attention really that much <laughs> uh, because it's to me it's just a job, and you go do your job, and then you know people know you from because people have seen that job a right, lot. Right, sure. The only problem I have with it, without sounding like a complete whiner. Is I like just to live my life and not be bothered with Hey, aren't you the fat guy? From the-? You know that's my resentment. Is like, oh God, I got to go deal with this guy's got a who farted T-shirt on.
1: <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, I got to tell you, knowing you, it's weird to go to Newberry Comics when I'm home in Boston and I see uh, a wolf pack, one man wolf pack yeah. T-shirt with your face on it. Yeah, that's that's not fun. And bobbleheads and stuff. Yeah, yeah. And I that- know you're a private person. Yeah,
2: I, that that that's just biz- bizarre. I got to tell you, I was a uh, I was in New York. <laughs> As walking well in the street, and I'm, I walk by this ad for the campaign or the candidate, <laughs> and I'm not kidding. I was I looked at it; it was my picture. And yep. Like, I wonder if that's Oh yeah, I'm in that movie. Like I sev- I have caught myself separating myself so much. Yeah you you wonder I, is it's that movie it is hard to explain yeah. to people because it doesn't make a lot of sense but but it's bizarre it's a very bizarre world i was at a Knicks game this is a this is an embarrassing story for a couple reasons but i went with a, a an actor and he had courtside seats and uh i don't know some some i had eaten a i had eaten some pot chocolate to relax myself <laughs> <laughs> and um, I'm sitting there courtside, nice ticket. So was you know I don't really do that stuff, but uh, <laughs> I was thinking to myself about third quarter. I was like, you know, this pot track was kind of kicking in. I can feel it. <laughs> Two seconds later, this guy comes up to me that worked for Madison Square Garden, and he's like, "Hey, do you mind if we put your face on the jumbotron?" I'm like, "What?
0: <laughs> <laughs> what?"
2: He goes, Do you mind if we? Eat? I'm like, uh – I didn't want it up there. I went, Sure.
1: I don't know. I'm not confrontational that way. Maybe your brother's right.
2: And I was like, uh, Okay. And I look up. Now, keep in mind the chocolate's, and there was a delay on the jumbo trombone. Oh, thing. my God. I'm looking up. I'm giggling at myself, giggling at myself. Oh. <laughs> I look up. I'm like, ah. Look down. <laughs> <laughs> it was. So there's a, those bizarre moments where you're like, "This is just a dumb existence." You know what I mean? I mean, to be completely honest, I always think it's so funny how actors and stuff are like they take themselves so seriously. And yeah, it's always it always makes me laugh. But um, yeah, it's a, it's
1: kind of a you. I don't know. You try to you try to navigate it. Well, you were you were when I saw you at Largo. Uh, I. I um... God, it was for the music show, and I'm forgetting his name. He must be a friend of yours, uh, the Eternal Sunshine guy, John. Oh, John uh, Bryant. John Bryant. Yeah. Yeah, I just didn't want to get it wrong after Yeah, John Bryant. The candidate. Great, great, great. Yeah, musician. great show, great musician, wonderful. And you opened, and I didn't know you were there, and Flaine yep. was like, Zach's here, and I was like, oh, cool, and it was awesome. And uh, you came out, and you told a little bit of that story, which I, I wanted to follow up, because I could tell you were a little conflicted, or you seemed a little conflicted on if the story was relatable. But it was the story, I believe you were on a boat. Oh, yeah. 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 You know that story I told on the,
2: about the boat, I just was trying to get it off my chest. Because I felt that I was bothered by it that i fa- I was bothered that I was turning into a jerk and uh the story is which I don't mind telling is because uh, I told it on stage, but it wasn't that funny, but I was just trying to relate it's not very relatable, but it has something to do with if you're like in the public eye or whatever you're supposed to be cordial and nice about it, right Yes that's, that's guess, your responsibility. Very good fortunes have fallen into your lap. You're very lucky this you know you're very lucky, but in this day and age <laughs> with these teenagers and, and these kids today <laughs> we started that way. Uh, I feel like they have I access. I feel a lecture, Bruin. Uh, there, there was a le- Oh, man. This is one of my great lectures to these 15-year-old red-headed jocks. They were videotaping me on a, yeah. in a private moment on a ferry. Uh. <laughs> you know those private moments you have on a ferry? And uh, I went to the bathroom, and I noticed they were videotaping me, and... Uh, by the way, if I were a plumber or a business person If someone was videotaping me Right If I was, a, you know, a carpenter I would do the exact same thing that I did Sure it's Exactly This has nothing to do with public
1: persona or nothing It was nothing. the
2: reason they were videotaping Because they seen me in the, on TV <laughs> But just because I'm on TV That doesn't give the You know what I mean? To me So I walked up to him And I said Give me your camera And he handed it to me He's like I'm sorry I didn't like oh no I said did you videotape nope let me see your camera sure enough all these video I just deleted all of them and then I then I I I go I'm sure you guys are nice guys but you should not do that to people it's I mean I it was a little bit more harsh than I'm telling you right now uh expletives no I I don't try it. I don't I didn't curse at them I don't I don't like to curse at kids it it, it, it I can get my point across yeah okay.
1: I, I think if they, they just see
2: me being serious, they're so thrown back. They're sure. like, aren't you that fucking weirdo that right. jerked off a baby in a movie? You know what I mean? Right. So they, they can't. Why? It's an asymmetrical relationship. So I expect people to know that And they don't And it's my fault Like I was telling that story at Largo Because I was trying to get it off my chest Because I was like God am I Is that a jerky thing to do to kids That Who are Who has the asymmetrical relationship uh, Well it is an asymmetrical relationship If someone recognizes you They think they know you But obviously you don't know them Right And most people are, are very cool and sure, nice sure. And I don't want to come across as being no, oh, I all. don't know how to deal with this But uh, <clears throat> And it's quite boring actually For me to to complain about it But uh since it is kind of new to me, I'm trying to I'm trying to navigate it as honestly as I possibly can, f- without that Hollywood thing. Is like, well, I guess I'm an actor now, and people right. want to talk. Nobody ever wanted to talk to me for years, right, right, you know right, I mean? right. Ever, right, right. No one ever asked me a question ever.
1: Yeah. So I have to keep that in mind. Like, so what know, did you do? It sounded like you were about, and then you spiked it, or you threw it off the boat. I, no, I wanted I was... to throw it off the boat. <laughs> should have thrown it off the boat. That would have been a really great Well isn't there a danger, Zach? I, I think about this and uh not in my own life. I, I it's just an interesting th- idea. You get to the point I was actually talking about it in therapy. My uh my id and my ego want to come out so badly and my superego, which is why I'm a nice guy, <laughs> is constantly keeping tabs on me. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I worry that my id and my ego are the ones that want to get me famous. This is weird to speak this way. It's gauche to talk this way. You get famous, and you get powerful, and you get rich. You get bulletproof, and then you can kind of... If you were a dick to those kids, people would maybe give you a pass a little bit, perhaps. Because you're beloved.
2: Well, it's, it's coming out of honesty rather than trying to put some kind of... Um Polish on myself, you know. That's not really there. It's just not there. I don't think it's. I don't. I think being known when you go on a talk show and the the people clap for you because there's an applause light and yeah. they're over laughing because they're supposed to. They're warmed up. It's it's not natural. Yeah. Uh, being in this in a in a is not innate in us as humans. It really really is it. So it's kind of a foreign existence to people. Sure. I I find, and some people can handle it. Very well. There's some very classy people that I actually happen to know. I'm like very envious of how they do it. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> but I don't think that uh, for
1: me, it doesn't make any. It's I don't. I can't really live like that. I, you, and you don't. I no. I, I'm, sorry, I'm I want to know who you're envious of. It must be like some. I, I you don't. I'm not looking for. It's names.
2: not that. I it, I mean that. Uh, I I shouldn't say envious. I'm. I respect it and i think God, that what what a what a nice way that they
1: they go about doing this Can I let, this is what i'm supposed to do on the show this is something i should keep to myself it's not for you it's embarrassing to me that i remembered this so we're in the green room at ucb in new york first of all right there this is at like kind of the peak uh not not that you've peaked i'm just saying this was like hangover 2 just came out sort of thing uh-huh big time yeah uh, and there you are, and uh, which is exciting for the, the people, and it's exciting for me to see you not because of that, but it's like, oh, cool, he, he's he's remaining himself and he's doing shows and he's hanging out and being normal i know this is uncomfortable <laughs> i'm very i don't think that i don't think that this isn't a weird topic. do you mind if i go to the bathroom your- <laughs> do you mind if i leave this is so weird but this is something i thought about a lot since then So we were talking and we were going to set something up it was pre way pre-podcast i don't know why and you gave me your uh phone number yeah and this is weird, I know, but you gave it to me openly. You just went, my number is three, like, in a room full of uh, stragglers and well-wishers, like fucking Bilbo Baggins' birthday. A lot of people <laughs> just, like, back there hanging out. <laughs> and I'm sorry, I, but this is kind of what I want the show to be. Things you're not supposed to really talk about. But I was impressed. I was like, here's a guy, almost, like, willing it. You're willing normalcy. You're like I'm not gonna whisper my number to you. I'm not gonna write it down covertly. I'm not gonna be paranoid that people are gonna. What are they gonna do? Text me. But you could, if you wanted to be a lunatic, you could.
2: You know. Now that I think about it, I did get a lot of voicemails <laughs> from. Hey, I overheard your uh, phone number. Uh, got a screenplay I'd love for you to. <laughs> uh, I you know I don't remember that, but but you 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 don't. <laughs> the problem with comedians, uh, the, the trap that you can fall into is if you have a little bit of success, you – some comics are like – they're kind of vengeful and they're, they're like, fuck you. This is where I wanted to be and they kind of become something else. And I know a couple of comics that have gotten, yeah. found success. When they get there. And they, they kind of become something else. Mm-hmm and i think what a lot of comedians do that become successful is they they get into that club of uh living this lavish lifestyle with nice cars and you know that whatever that is i don't yeah, know yeah. i don't understand it but what it does is it it forgets it makes them forget what brought them there in the first place which is threatening to um, a funny person to me because God, why would you change what you are that made you that and shift to these other priorities? Right. Hollywood parties, all that horse right. shit that people think is happiness. Ugh. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that, that to me, is a threat to, to my comedy. So you have to – it's a conscious decision to me without it being – without being too preachy about it. Is, hey, just – be the way you've always been. Yeah. That way, hopefully, but no the does. comedy will stay. Yeah. I, there's a number of comedians that used to be super funny, and then they lose it. And I think they lose it because they surround themselves by sycophants. Mm-hmm. They they think they're better than they, they really are. Sure, they're funny. They're really funny. And they lose that thing, that thing that brought them there. And I'm really – uh I, it, it it that's the one thing that I try to – I do remember that I, That is a conscious thing with me That don't Don't try to change Just because you can buy a <clears throat> You know A Fabergé egg
1: Well, well not, not <laughs> <laughs> You know Doesn't give you the right to buy one <laughs> But Jack You could buy a bigger house We're, we're in your Small house yeah, well, I like this house and I I, we, we opened with how much I love the house I yeah. wouldn't change this house yeah. And I wouldn't want to change I'm this gonna, house This house is too small I mean, it is, it's is—it's like, Jesus I, <laughs> you know? I don't think I need to say this again But I, I don't want you to th- get the wrong idea I love this house yeah. more than any house I've seen It's nice Uh but people, when, if I talk to my friends and I said I went to Zach's house and interviewed him, they're picturing Tony Soprano's house. <laughs> you know it's what I Zen mean? House with that. I've never saw that. It, it's on a cul-de-sac and it's a big mansion and there's a pool. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, what you're saying is what everybody says to themselves they'll do when they get famous. They're like, I won't change. I'm going to say have the same car. And then they, they don't. 'cause Lexus gives them a car or something some you get the word taste setter thrown at you, and next thing you know you're you're not living here anymore, yeah, but that's that's that's
2: for uh that's but what they don't realize is that that's a slippery slope to me to 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 take advantage of a free lexus and all that kind of stuff, yeah, I mean sure it's nice of course to be to have that kind of stuff but uh, my philosophy is that that can be poisonous. Of course, this this you know this business that we're in it has a lot of honey, but it also has a lot of it has a lot of poison, and you have to you have to balance that out. Yeah. Now, having said that, I I am building a thirty five thousand square foot thing in Huntington Beach. No, I'm just-
1: <laughs> <laughs> Although you do have a fuck show business farm. The, and, and I'm, I'm not talking about money right now. I'm talking about a, a, a life choice to be like. I want to be a regular guy. That has nothing to do with show business. That has everything to do with me wanting to uh,
2: nurture the earth. I got this from Chappelle. He he also has a. Farm. I've heard that too. I've heard it, that. It was on sixty minutes. You, oh, I was going to say, have you interviewed Chappelle? No. Yeah. God, I not do it. Yeah. No. I, sure, <laughs> I sure love that guy. <laughs> Are you a fan? Or was that I, sarcastic? I, I I'm more of a fan of of what of how he got out of what he did. I know that there's probably some questionable things, but I was like, yeah, like he saw that this business is, can screw with you, and he got out. I know it's a lot more complicated. Well, you like that? That's admirable. I to me in a way, like I'm leaving. Yeah, done. Yeah. You know, there's other things in life. Our and friend are other Brennan things Brennan might in life. feel different. Oh, I don't know the ins and outs <laughs> yeah, of it. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? I, don't, I know there's politics behind it sure, and stuff. Sure, sure. I, I just kind of like, if that were the case, if it was just like, oh, I'm done. But I know that's not the case. But I, I think there's uh, it, it it a, it always happened. bugs me. I have this friend and he's always like, whatever happened to, uh, you know, to so-and-so? I'm like, well, maybe they realize that it's, not, there's other things to do right. in life.
1: Well, Rick Moranis.
2: Rick Moranis. Yeah. I read
1: that he just kinda stopped. Yeah. I think that I think that's amazing. Well, I don't want to betray a confidence, we'll take it out. You said to me last time I saw you was we were talking about um, wanting to take a break.
2: I'm thinking about it. Yeah. 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 From, yeah, yeah. from
1: Showbiz. Yeah. I think so.
2: Now, wh- I mean, I don't know. I mean, it, it is something nobody's going to hold entered. you. <laughs> yeah, people are like going to take to the streets. <laughs> what? Oh. Fat boys going to stop falling down? <laughs> I won't. I won't stand for it.
1: Isn't it frustrating being TV fat? I'm also TV fat. You know what I mean? Like my doctor doesn't think. Uh, your doctor doesn't think you're fat. I don't have a doctor.
2: Uh, <laughs> I have a. Uh, I just just a
1: plastic surgeon,
2: but uh, <laughs> I just have a plastic surgeon. Uh, yeah, I think...
1: your uh, Your TV... Like, we're both TV fat. Is what what does saying. that mean? What does that mean? Like, you're... You'd be cast as a fat guy. Like, even if you lost another 20 pounds, and it looks like you've lost weight, uh, even if you continued, you'd still be able, I bet, on stage to make a Zach is fat joke. Even if you were in better shape than p- people in the crowd who don't consider... Because so they fat. know you as being that, or they because they... <laughs> you, you, you've been established a little bit that way. The...
2: The... the... Yeah, a lot of um, people are real uh, you know why? It's because all the guys and women are super too skinny. Yeah. Right. That's my excuse by the way. It's like, <laughs> "Hey, look, I'm not I'm not chubby. It's that they're so skinny
1: <laughs> <laughs> by comparison." But Zach, if you did go to a, and I'm not looking down my nose, leave Los Angeles, which I know you do, nobody's going like, "Check out fatty over here." That's not true. I was in
2: uh, <laughs> I was in North Carolina. <laughs> and i rolled down my my truck window to ask this guy for directions
1: no I'm like you,
2: you know you make the motion to roll down the window yeah. i rolls it down and i'm like excuse me can you tell me how to get to wherever i was going um and he's like yeah my man you just go over to- hey aren't you the fat guy from the hangover I'm like, jesus uh, but that's can't not can you just not say fat guy right
1: right right that's like, like your Ben Stiller between two ferns. That was a egg yellows is a classic. That's his joke. That was a great classic that made joke. me laugh very hard. That was hard. one of my yeah. favorite yeah, of all did. time. Egg but that but that's him he's also casting you. I bet that man was fatter than you in the in the way I'm mind casting it right now. He, he was fatter. Of than, course he was. That's my point. Yeah. Well, that's my I point. I forgot to bring that detail up. Yeah. Yeah. He was fatter. Of course he was. I used to do. Uh, but you'll always be fatter in his mind. <laughs> There's a comic uh,
2: who you know and who's not as fat as me, but I would always do fat jokes to him. Uh, and he, would, he, he liked him first, and then <sighs> he was like, you got to stop doing those. I'm like, that's why I think it's funny. I'm fatter than you. And I'm doing these jokes Of course I shouldn't be saying these things
1: <laughs> TV fat Yeah That's what's happening yeah. Is we're TV fat uh, I wanted to ask you an annoying question Did you improvise the line One man wolf pack Have you been asked that before? No I did not oh, Sorry I did not uh, improvise That was in the, that was in the script uh, I, Is that an annoying I hope that wasn't annoying I was sitting here When we were talking about Your improv styles And how you can add to the script and That stuff. was in the script that, okay. that, uh, that whole thing was in that, that script Oh yeah. really? Yep yeah. Wow okay cool Oh, well, yep. well, well written. You day. Uh, so you just got married? Yeah, congratulations. Thank you very much. You're filling out the thank you cards. What I was going to tell you is that too private. No, Zach sends thank you cards. It's <laughs> quite a scoop. I'm I'm paranoid. I'm I'm gun shy. I recently, I you know, it it just went out today. As I've offended people on the show before with a question, and I'm like, ah, I never want to. Do, do you it ever again.
2: get people that uh, they listen to themselves on your show, and like, hey, you know,
1: we've never had one taken down. You mean?
2: Well, uh, yeah. I mean, have you ever? Has anyone thought, you know, I asked you to take that out, then I, mean, I would imagine you would, but we, you yeah. forgot to? Or
1: We do. I've had one person say, uh, I, I regret doing it. Um, and, I, and that hurt my feelings yeah. very much. I, I was like, oh, my God. And that was, Katie, I'll tell you who it is later. That was an episode we took out uh, a good amount. Like, we, we honored the edits and stuff. Yeah. And, and then later, I think they changed their mind. I, I think later they were like you know take
2: it back. in this sensationalized thing. If it's somebody that's known, was it somebody that's known? Not really. No, because if it's somebody that's kind of known, you know, people take things out of context. Meaning, you do your podcast and it's all on the up and up, but <laughs> some some other entity picks up your podcast, right? Yeah. I was a victim of at doing a podcast and I said something one sentence, and then some news thing glorified it. Mm. And made it into something that it wasn't whatsoever, mm-hmm. and I became this victim of like a podcast because I had said something that I was just—I was first of all—I was like, who listens to po-? no offense, but like, yeah, who listens who does listen to podcasts? People? Uh, people, How many people do you have listening to this
1: one uh, or
2: listening to your podcast?
1: A big episode like this, I bet when it drops, about forty thousand people. We're done. Fifty thousand Turn people. it off. <laughs>
2: That's, oh, I thought it was like oh, my aunt in Tampa uh.
1: <laughs> listens. You know what's weird about this one is a uh, well, I'm with you. You know who listens to podcasts? People, people are listening to this at work. Like a lot of people yeah. listen to it at work. Yeah. We we tend. I know we only have ninety minutes here, but uh, we tend to do like a two-hour show. And I wonder who who listens to it. It's people who have jobs that allows them to listen yeah. to something while they're working. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a weird thing But like When I meet fans of the show What I say They'll be like I've heard every episode I go We've spent a lot of time together then You know Because that's yeah. That's how it feels yeah. And it is one side This is what I was going to ask you about fame I'm kind of glad it came back Is Letterman And I've, I've quoted this many times Said that fame made the world How he kind of wanted it to be I know you have guys mm. in trucks Calling you fat But he said <laughs> <laughs> Yeah
2: So I know that's not working out For you Zach Whatsoever. I know it brings a lot of misery to your
1: life. For some people, they actually, they dig it. (laughs) But I think you might appreciate this North Carolina kind of farm guy, is that he he said, you know, and he's an Indiana fella himself, is the idea that it made the world like a small town. Typically when people see Letterman, you know, I don't think he goes out much, but this is in the early days of his show. See him at at the supermarket. They come up Typically have something Nice to say They know who he is And are a fan And then he is In turn nice back to them Right Which is a gift Right So it's kind of like a, It's like a small town wave Right Like uh, you know So there's Is that element there at all Absolutely There's yeah. of
2: course That's such a nice thing When sure. people When they do it When they do that Of course I mean I don't mean to Sound like I don't Oh like... you didn't I wasn't No, No no, you. no no Yeah but just to make clear Like I, I think people are Generally very cool And nice about it And it's really Kind of a great thing yeah it's the uh it's the um yeah, it's the other stuff that's a little weird but uh yeah that's when somebody coming with me on the supermarket um god you know but i am always tempted to do something <laughs> that i think is funny but they are not you know what i'm saying is, <laughs> i'm trying to think of this example um <laughs> Okay, here's an example. <laughs> All right. So I was doing... I was... Uh, the hangover had come out, and then... I was in Vegas, and I got my costume for, that, that I wore in that movie, and I had it shipped to Vegas, and I wore it and walked around <laughs> like I wanted to be recognized. like I, <laughs> I, wanted, I wanted people to think, God, how pathetic...
0: <laughs>
2: that is the that's the grossest thing i've ever seen i wanted people to think that that's what i wanted people to think but it kind of backfired on me and it just was like oh that's cool you know that's cool that you do that I'm like, no it's terrible oh you know would you tell them or were you in a character then i switched my story because it that that my own little uh, sense of uh humor <laughs> wasn't working for anybody uh and then i switched it to i'm the real guy they stole that from me but oh. i'm the real guy they based it on and nobody believed that story either so it just it was just a real cluster fudge uh, of uh bad information and bad that comedy. is so funny but i was kind of doing it on this um level just for me selfishly I wanted people to go man that's really pathetic yeah that's what I wanted I got I did it once there were I was on this show and these actors this was years years ago these it was a doc I played a doctor so I always wear a doctor's lab coat and I had overheard these actors said that they were going (laughs) they were going to go to this bar and they didn't invite me of course never get invited to anything and uh (laughs) So I found out where they were going, because I overheard it, and they were going to go to, you know, so-and-so bar at 8 o'clock. So I went to the bar at 7.30 with my lab coat on. I wanted them to think that I was dressed in my character to get recognized. (laughs) Like, how pathetic is that? (laughs) But no. But they showed up, and um, what was it they did? They were like, they just kind of ignored me. They felt sorry for me, so it kind of oh, did work. It did you know work. I mean?
1: Oh, that's the payoff. But,
2: yeah, I love that kind of, uh,
1: I love patheticness in well, a way. Well, Joe, Joe Mandy told me that the, the Sunday after you hosted SNL one of the times, he saw he ran into you, I believe on the Brooklyn Bridge, wearing earphones so you couldn't hear anybody high-fiving passerbys. <laughs> That's so
2: pathetic I probably did say That's so bad That's so disgusting God I did this one thing uh, God What was it I did a This Internet show I have between Oh between two ferns The first one I ever did Was with Michael Sarah, The actor Michael Sarah. Yeah I didn't know him And uh, (laughs) We shoot the thing I guess at the time It was maybe 18 That kid Uh huh 18 Yeah He's young, I forget. and um, So we shoot it, and I'm like, where do you stay when you're in town? And he's like, oh, I stay at this hotel. I'm like, okay. Cool. Well, good luck. He's like, okay, thanks. I knew he was going to his hotel, so I just went to the hotel. (laughs) At the time, I'm like 35. And I go to the lobby like, hey, do you want to hang out? No! Yeah, just to, you know, fuck with him. Yeah, yeah. The problem was, though, <laughs> he saw me go in the hotel, so he knew I was getting ready to do a bit, oh. and it kind of stunk. I wanted it to seem like a 35-year-old guy who had nothing to do, wanted to hang out with an 18-year-old actor. That, to oh me, makes God. me laugh so much, because it's so
1: pathetic. That is so great. You're, you're, that's, you do these pathetic pranks. I love pathetic pranks. As perth- yeah, as pathetic. Yeah, I love it. That is so fucking funny. Well, you, you know, it's funny Between two friends You actually gave me advice Remember I just shot this pilot For Conan And, and you told me uh, One of the things I don't know if you phrased it As something you wished You had done on your VH1 show But not have an audience Yeah Which I thought was really interesting Yeah How did the pilot go? Oh, it went great oh, It went great. really, really great I, I And I will say That you are you are right That it, even though it went great There is a different quality To the interview Like if you and I were talking And there were, it's nice to have Katie here But if there's like A huge group of people you know, there's a premium put on more anecdotes. There's not going to be as much discussion right. of your freestanding tub, right? That right. Sort of stuff. Yeah.
2: There's. It's a. It's more heightened, I think, if you have a studio audience. You know. Yeah. It, it, I, I think I remember that conversation, and all I was saying is that, much like this podcast, which well, what I like is is, you know, the Dick Cavett show and and those quieter shows, the Tom Snyder show. You know, he would have musicians on and really talk about how they wrote. He would have right. John Lennon on, like, and really talk about, yeah, his writing process and, and right. where he gets an idea for a song. And, and I, I, you don't really see that that much in this plug world right. of talk shows. I right? Mean, really, it's all about it's an advertisement for, you know, Transformers or whatever. Right, right, right. And rarely do you get a real honest. Thing, yeah like, In talk shows these days
1: When I want to uh, Learn about I, I wanted to watch That thing I got about fame And Letterman That's from Charlie Rose That's from Letterman On Charlie Rose What year was that? It, was, it had to be pretty early on. It's It's fun uh, to I'd watch. i
2: like to read that, uh, watch that way. It's on
1: YouTube, and the whole time Letterman's trying to light his cigar, it's so funny. Because he keeps asking him questions, and... Oh, I mean, he's doing
2: a bit like he can't It's get it. not
1: a bit. Oh, really? The whole time, you'll watch and be like, is this a bit? Like, he, he lights these long, almost like fireplace matches, <laughs> and they burn down, and yeah. then he lights another one. It's really... And then at <laughs> one point, he goes, you know, Charlie, I'd give you $1,000 if I could light this cigar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That Letterman, he never disappoints, does he? Oh, I, I mean, that guy... Sorry. I keep looking at
2: my time. Okay. Uh, he he, I think that that guy is the the greatest talk show hook. Well, that's what Kimmel. You're
1: friends with uh, old Jimmy, Kimmel, yeah. I know. And Jimmy. Kimmel said that he uh, we're all ripping off Letterman. All all the late night guys. But then also to a certain extent, that kind of casual sarcasm, that little wink, the smile, and say something kind of you know Letterman. Uh, he's Kimmel makes no qualms about. It. He's like I'm ripping him off. Yeah, he, We're all ripping him off
2: Yeah, but but Letterman got it from. um uh, I feel like he got some of that from Steve Allen, sure. a little bit of that from he Steve heightened Allen. It. It Yeah, was, he yeah, took the he ball and ran yeah. with it. Yeah. And then some Ernie Kovacs stuff was probably he probably saw some of that stuff because Letterman was playing with the format of a talk show or at least earlier on. Right, was playing with the for, the format, which was just at least it was interesting. It was so interesting. Yeah, as a as a Kid watching it, it was uh, different enough. But um, yeah, all these talk shows now is just so. Tell us about so sure. well, we're gonna, you know it's all about a clip and yeah yeah yeah.
1: I don't know. People know where it's going.
2: Well, Johnny Carson used to have on, um, you know, ninety-seven-year-old ladies just because they were old. Yeah,
1: and I thought that was always great. Right, and kids too. Yeah, and kids. And it was a ninety. It was a ninety-minute show, and it was live. That's right. So it's it's very different. Yeah. It's, it wasn't it live. I might be wrong about the live. Oh, well. It was live. It was live. I guess. Well, I, I don't know if it
2: was live to tape or if it was live in L.A. I don't know. I don't know. But it yeah. was in New York at first. Yeah. I, I you know I don't know. But uh, did you ever see the Don Rickles when he guest hosted? No. For, uh... Okay, so he guest hosted the Johnny Carson show. So he's doing his crowd work thing, and you can get this on YouTube. And he uh... there was this woman in the audience. This black woman in the audience, you know, he asked her to stand up and he's interviewing her and, you know, during the interview, she just, she thought the interview was kind of over and she just sits down, right? Now, this is in the seventies and she sits down, he turns to the audience and said, ever since they saw Roots, they think they could do anything. <laughs> oh my God. The entire audience dies laughing. Oh my God! <laughs> yeah, and Holy it's like Jesus. it's like, wow! Could you imagine? Well, he could probably still he does that still today. But
1: yeah, isn't it just like crazy? That is huge, huge, <laughs> yeah. huge, crazy! Really, really, really vague. Different, yeah. The dismissive they, yeah. But he, you know, he owns it. He makes he shits right. on everybody. Well, so it it's reminds not, me of Kindler shitting on you a little bit. It's a more extreme version. Yeah, he. Well, he's doing to races to, of people. To, you know racism. what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which
2: I have to say, like I, well, racism t- to me is is so utterly dumb, thus funny to me. Yeah, it d- also depends who's saying it. Of course, I mean? of
1: course. Well, you when you were is- talking about the door being open, uh, you know the aristocrats joke. Yes, can you hold that? Let me turn
2: my sprinkler off. Oh, please,
1: um, turning
2: the sprinkler off. <laughs> 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 the aristocrats...
1: Yeah, the aristocrats joke... Uh, these, So you're supposed to tell a joke that's so gross. I know you know this. I know, but I do, but I didn't see the movie. Uh, we, it's just a bunch of people being like, and then you diarrhea on the yeah, table, yeah, yeah, and then yeah. you fuck the daughter, and then yeah. you, you come on her face, and then you go, we're the aristocrats. Right. It doesn't work for our generation, I feel like. And I, I know we're in slightly different classes, but I feel like our group, if we were to tell that joke, the only way to do it is to be racist. If, like, the point of the joke... Is to shock. Oh, right. You're I supposed see. to be offensive. I just said without batting an eye, I'm somewhat, con- not really, but I used to be conservative. Come on, face, diarrhea, boil, sucking, fucking. Di- if you say uh, a, a slur <laughs> that I don't even want to say here, yeah. suddenly people would be, like, at least interested. When you were talking about the door being open when comedians talk and stuff, I feel like those faux pas, uh, tragedies, racism, um, Sexuality, all that sort of stuff. Those are the things that people are going to maybe more because I think it might be understood that that it's not sincere. Nobody has that's right. It's done done for the the sake of
2: the joke. It's not done. uh, It doesn't mean it. it, It's it's done to try to make other comics laugh. It's not done because it's done because you're it's taboo, right. Uh, and I think a lay person that's not in that world kind of could get turned off by that. Sure. You know, you know when you you mingle your comedian friends with your other friends that yeah, you yeah, yeah. might be a school teacher or something. Yeah. Sometimes it's uh sometimes it doesn't go well. Yeah. You know, it's like he's right.
1: You know, my comedian friends. Well, you had that story with Chris Rock. You texted Louis, <laughs> mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Can we? <laughs> uh,
2: no, I, I I'd have to get some. I'd have to. Yeah, that's going to get that is gonna, yeah, that's going to It's going to it's going to open area, up yeah. something. Let's stay that I love that it and I don't mind yeah. telling it
1: live. Right. But if you if people hear me uh, uh, Let's just put it this way. <laughs> everyone enjoyed it.
2: Everybody, <laughs> enjoyed I said it. a very race, racist thing to Chris
1: Rock once.
2: Who liked it? that and the And that's was, how we met. Well, because it was two comics communicating, and, and he
1: would be insulted if you thought of that joke and didn't say that joke. You know that's I mean? right. And actually, the brashness of just meeting and opening with something racist—it's like a sign of respect. Yeah, especially if you're Chris Rock.
2: I, I was at this uh, bar in my hometown
1: once. Nobody take that as a as a green light to say racist things. To no, Chris Rock if right. your if
2: your peers, no, you know please know I mean? don't. it has to the timing has to be perfect. <laughs> the um, I was at this bar in North Carolina. And uh, this is a few years ago, probably six years ago. And this guy's like... Because I, I guess he knew it was a stand-up comic. And he's like, man, I've been wanting to tell you a joke. I've been wanting to tell you a joke. <clears throat> oh, and no. in the back of my mind, I'm like, please don't be a racist joke. Please. Because I can't, I can't deal with that. From Coming from who I thought was probably a good old boy with you know, yeah. that kind of wink-wink, which I can't stand. You know, yeah, that kind yeah, of stuff. Yeah, yeah. I've been wanting to tell you a joke. I'm like, okay, what is it? And he's like... So, these three faggots.
1: <laughs> no. So, he tells me the joke. Oh, no. All right, I'm going to tell you the joke. I'm going to tell you the joke. I thought joke. for sure you were about to tell, like, the most palatable, <laughs> funny joke, no. and it just this is right the there. joke he
2: tells me. These
1: three fa- I'm telling you
2: how he told me. Yes, please. These three fags, one of their faggot friends had died <laughs> trying to figure out what to do with the faggot's ashes. That's the setup. <clears throat> First faggot's like, man, we ought to take his ashes up to the mountains because that faggot love the mountain. Second faggot's like, no, man, let's uh, let's take his ashes to the to the ocean and uh, spread them out in the ocean because that faggot love the beach. And the third faggot's like, no, man, let's put his ashes in a, in a vat of chili and let him tear our ass up one more time. <laughs> oh, my
1: God. <laughs> and someone knocked on the door during the, during the punchline. Uh thank you. We started new.
2: Uh, so <laughs> he, he tells me that joke. Oh and god. and I'm ashamed to say I laughed really really hard. <laughs> I thought it was a great punchline and I was like god I shouldn't laugh
1: at that but I don't know. I did. It's hard. Uh, Bill Burr has a great, great bit about great racist jokes. And he he does the one where he goes, what's the difference between a Jew and a canoe? Canoes tip, right? (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> and he does this whole thing. Oh, so I, I can't do Bill, but he—he's like, even the setup rhymes. You know what I mean? He's like, <laughs> setup rhymes. Shoe and canoe, shoe and canoe. It's a quick two-word punchline. Where are you going to get a two-word punchline? Yeah, yeah. And he talks about how there's just this racist genius that tries to write a Will and Grace spec, but can't stop being like, and then the fucking colors come in. You know what? <laughs> he can't. He can't help yeah, himself. Yeah. So yeah. I'm with. I mean, like, if I'm being honest, the the novelty of that joke, the me- the mechanics of it, caught me by surprise. So I understand. Yeah. I understand the laughter. Yeah, I know
2: it's weird. It's weird because we're 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 so inundated with, and I think political correctness, and it, it's kind of shifted in a weird way. I think political correctness years ago really. St- stomped on liberalism in this country in a weird way because we we were trying to figure out how to communicate with each other in a better way that was more respectful and I think um, I think uh, I'm talking about the mid-90s I think it got a little bit out of hand with being you know know, getting the right words it seemed almost kind of dishonest obviously you want to respect everybody and everybody needs to be respected but But it seems it seems um, it seemed ingenuine at the time. I think to, mm. to to me, I mean, I'm from the South, and I'll just be honest with you. I've lived, I've visited many cities. I've been to, I've lived in Santa Monica. I've been to Boston. I've been to many of these liberal towns. There's no more separation of black and white than those cities. Sure, New York's different because New York, you are forced to mingle with people. You rub shoulders. You're on the subway. In the South, black and white people, they are always. Hanging out, mingling, and you don't see that as much. Oh, I thought for sure you were about to say
1: are divided by a street.
2: <clears throat> no, and obviously there is that. Sure, but at work, I'm from a small. You, you, you. It is a real more integrated. Yeah. Uh, oftentimes, because of uh, socioeconomic backgrounds of whites and blacks, sometimes can be very similar. And and uh, you know these liberal cities, they they what more? What town is more segregated than Boston? I don't know if there is one. Right. And, you know, it's a, it's an interesting thing. But they thing. vote differently. or but they or, vote, yeah. yeah they it's vote differently. Yeah, but yeah. yeah,
1: yeah. I, I sometimes get that. Like, I was in a cab in New York, and we were in Park Slope. And you ever get the assumed racism? Like, it's a white cab driver, so he just assumes you're, like, already in the middle of a racist conversation when you get in the cab. Yeah. And he just goes – "It's all that's, that's always offensive. And he goes, there was a time – he saw a black guy on the street, and he goes, there was a time – you couldn't cross union. Like if you were bla- like just reminiscing about a time when like it was so segregated and I yeah. was like, please don't assume that I'd also, I'm like, half your age. Yeah. Why would I be like, yeah. Yeah. I miss the mob control. I, it drives me crazy you'll be
2: in line at the post office and somebody uh, at the post office and somebody's got a complaint. Yeah. And they want to they want to try to get you in on the complaint. Ah. About how slow people are at the post office. Yeah. I'm like, no, 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 no.
1: I don't want to be I'm not your cheerleader. I'm right. in line. That's when someone uh your passenger, you're driving and they lean over and honk your horn. Very violating. <laughs> Very <laughs> violent. You do that for other well, people? My, well, we Used, my brother and I used to
2: do these terrible things like you know if somebody's walking in front of your car and stuff like I would beep the horn so it looked like he was being rude to the old lady you know what I mean it's terrible this is when we were kids uh, uh, when I was 38 <laughs>
1: Can we talk about your, your? You mentioned going to Asia for a year. No, no, it was. I was
2: about a year ago.
1: I was. Oh, a year ago. Yeah, yeah. and the, and I saw the photos. I'm a. I'm like a spiritually interested person, so it looked like that was Tibet or at least a monastery. I think that's
2: uh That's uh, Cambodia. That's interesting. Was this a pilgrimage?
1: I didn't go. My
2: wife went. Oh, okay. Yeah. She went to. Oh, she uh,
1: went to those. Those. She took. those She photos. went
2: away. I was in um Thailand, and then she went over there to to uh to go visit um god what is it called the uh i'm blanking on the name of the uh the ruins there Epcot Center? <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember I I'll, I'll, a
1: decaying the golf yeah. ball. Yep. Uh, so <laughs> she she went on uh, uh not a we don't we don't have to speak for him or her. I know. <laughs> it's a it's a heat. <laughs> I, I am interested in if you're uh, if you are a spiritual person at all. That's part of the show. Um We always like talking I about that. I was
2: raised uh Presbyterian and Greek Orthodox My mom was Presbyterian and I was baptized In a Greek Orthodox family, uh, uh, church uh, I love the ceremony of the Greek Orthodox church It's a
1: high church, right? We're, we're looking at stained glass yes, You're looking at a lot of that kind of stuff And I love
2: the ceremony of it, yeah. I really do um, And I have a, a great respect for it um, The, But as I'm older I think what I, In my Mind what I think is the most important thing is the respect for the earth and for um, people as much as you possibly can, versus going into following religious rules that were made up for some other reason. I mean, right? You know that quote, "Religion was invented so the rich wouldn't overtake the poor," or whatever. I kind of do believe
1: right. in that. I think the neighbor So native- the poor wouldn't take over Yeah, the rich, that's think. what I mean yeah, yeah, yeah. The, 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 Well, you actually boiled down Jesus was Sorry <laughs> Jesus was asked to boil down the law uh, The Jewish faith And he said Love the Lord your God And love your neighbor as yourself Pretty famously And you just said Love the earth Which, you know You could argue Is kind of like a godlike energy This is our God It's giving us sun and light And our oxygen and food And a place to be And also to love your neighbor So you kind of boiled it down Well, I think the pagan stuff I think I don't know how that got a Turned around
2: uh, to, to be respectful to the earth And to the gods of the earth If, if, if you will I, I feel like that kind of got Very uh, unpopular over the years and, and a lot more regimented But there was a great article in The LA Times It was simply written But it was um, It was about the Republicans uh, The Republican Party of today mm-hmm. um, and, You know These people that wear the religion On so much on their, um, what's the expression on their sleeve? What yeah, yeah. Where you know these Christian, you know everybody's the Christian vote and stuff. But if you look at the politicians that are running that, uh, what the writer was trying to say was, well, those leaders, uh, Paul Ryan and, and 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 others, you know they they wear the religion so much, but who they really worship is <clears throat> Rand. Uh, yep. Yeah, and I always want to call her Anne Rand, but it's spelled A Y N. I can't remember how you pronounce her first name. Uh, 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 a- Ein- Ayn Rand, I think is how you say I'm it. Rind? Do you know? Do you know who this is? She's a is she was she a Hollywood screenwriter, oh. an atheist, and a and Jewish. Uh-huh. Uh And she wrote Atlas Shrugged. She, oh, she Was right. the author of um objection. I think it's I know called it from the, Mad Men. <laughs> Oh, really? Yeah, do they talk reading Atlas
1: Shrugged, and he's like, go read your uh, Ayn Rand. Oh, really? Yeah, because it's like a big beatnik hippie So book. it's all kind of about t- looking up for
2: your... taking care of yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, that kind of thing. The respect for self. and You know, I can understand that in a, in, a, in a way. But if you really know the teachings of Jesus Christ, if you really do know that, and I think I was raised knowing that, whether you believe in that or not, it's, they're good teachings, I think. That, to me... A lot of people that drive their giant cars to church and do go through the motions, right? They're not living up to that whatsoever, right? And that bo- that bothers me a lot. The, the hypocrisy, obviously. I've, I mean, I, I sound like a uh, college freshman coming back for Thanksgiving, uh, uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? But but it, it, it Kumail you
1: know, told me on my podcast is like I finally went to college, <laughs> like, and I'm like, there's keggers, no one believes in God, because <laughs> like, I went to a religious school, so I didn't oh, get rare. it. I went to Gordon College outside of Boston. So it's like, it's like a religious school, and like, we went to church three times a week. We took Bible classes and all that sort of stuff. So all this like losing faith, reshaping faith, all that stuff, it's all really new to me. So if you feel that way, you're, you're right at home. That's exactly what I want you to be doing.
2: Yeah, it's, it's, you, know, it, you have to explore it. I mean, my father is such a sweet man. He, 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 his whole thing is like, look, just in case... Uh, go through the motion, like that Well, Dad, that's, that's not called Vidal's wager. Th- I I'm like, that's not really uh, uh,
1: that. That's not really the way I want to do it. You know? Well, that's the joke. Two priests yeah. are walking along. My father told me this joke when I asked him about his faith, and I was I was kind of like, Do you really believe it? Do you really believe it? Is it a cultural thing? Is it a ceremony thing? Because like two priests are walking along, and one priest goes like, You ever think about what if we're wrong? And the priest goes, Yeah. But uh, what if we're right? Mm-hmm. But that's bullshit because it's an artificial argument. Yeah, it It is called Vidal's wager. It's like there's no downside to believing. I would say there is a downside to blindly believing and not pursuing and not looking at it. Is that you're not living in the truth. You're not really genuinely. Expo- what a weird time for your wife to walk in. But looking, <laughs> I'm, I'm converting Zach. Yeah, uh, an <laughs> ended. this is turned into a godcast. <laughs> I
2: don't know what the hell's going on. Pete's trying to, and I'm just going to leave the Old Testament by <laughs> your.
1: The truth is what I'm saying. Yeah. We want that. We want the truth.
2: Well, you'd it's, say it's, it's you know, uh, it's God fun to guess. try to it's fun to try to explore what you what you do believe. I think those, uh, I think people aren't as willing to accept things as much as they used to. Um, you know, people are disappointed that Jesus hasn't come back. <laughs> You know, they're like, okay, maybe this isn't going to happen. Let's start looking around other places. <laughs> uh, but uh, I don't know. You, 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 it's, it's, it's something. I, I hope one day to get to a point, which will probably never happen. I'm like, okay, that's my belief. That's I'm, I'm going to believe in this. This is what I'm really convinced. Right, is the
1: case. Well, if you, I you wish had that kids, was the case. would you have? You'd, you'd kind of have to take some sort of choice. On what you would tell the kids, I think that's a lot of the genesis of religion
2: yeah i mean that's uh i i remember my, i remember my i think my dad my my dad was like tried to read the Bible to us back uh, on the back porch once <laughs> uh, to, uh, to his kids, and my mom's like really I'm not we're not we're not going that far <laughs> you know what I mean? interesting and um but they're, they're churchgoers, and you know, right. they're, they're very faithful
1: but people. But that, that uh, personal relationship with Christ, where you are like, sorry to use that phrase, but that's a phrase that we got, was like, you do read the Bible for leisure. You do read it to each other. You freestyle your prayers. Are you yeah. freestyling your prayers? I've never it? heard that term. <laughs> Jeez. Well, I'm. I, it's a, It's comedy, but I just mean like, oh. you know, like, let's, let me pray for you, Zach, and yeah. then I'll be like, thank you, uh, Father, for this time with yeah. Zach in his home and with his lovely wife. Like, it's a really weird... Uh, passive way to talk to you. Actually, yeah, yeah. I'm talking to you under the guise of talking to God. You can actually air grievances and be like, "Help, Zach, Father, to focus and to just, you know, maybe offer me a glass of water that doesn't taste like, like herbs. I mean, yeah,
2: <laughs> it doesn't taste like herbs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. dear you, Lord. Well,
1: let, let's wrap up a little. Yeah,
2: because I got to actually. If you have to, go, I have to can, leave at one. What time is it? I have to leave in ten minutes.
1: Okay, man. Let's do love real quick. Can we do love? Um, I'm sorry yes. Do you, you want to? No, I'm sorry. Just got to There's zero text. percent of me that wants. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, your texts show up on your main screen. You don't turn the privacy part on. How do you do that? I'll show you after. I yeah. don't know how to work this. Th- I'd like to get a not. How can you get a thing that says please don't text me? Oh, that's great. You mean like an instant oh, look, reply? I'm not a,
2: yeah. I don't text. I'm not a texter.
1: Oh, I think you probably could set up an auto reply. That 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 might require jailbreaking. I don't know. <sighs> But it, you can make it so that the text doesn't show up on your screen. So it just says message. Oh, in, yeah. I think that's helpful. I'll figure that out. Yeah. I'll, I'll show you maybe. Uh, you don't seem that interested in that as much as the auto reply. Hey, I'm not a jerk. I'm Zach Galifianakis. I just want, I'm like, just just call me. Can I tell you a joke that was on my pilot? What? I go, it, was a, it was a segment called Quotes, and I go, the quote, uh, check out Zach Galifianakis over here. And then What's it was attributed to me. If I ever see a guy with a beard holding a lot of napkins,
2: <laughs> well, good luck with that, Pete. That show is gonna be a home run. Zach Gallif- napkins. That's good, though. It's not bad. That's that's really I thought good. There was I a ninety-nine
1: like percent chance you had heard Zach. Gallif- no, I've never before.
2: heard. That.
1: I've heard Zach a lot. Yeah, I heard that a lot. I got Pete Holmo.
2: Yeah, well, that sure. course. Well, come
1: on. Yeah, of course. <laughs> Let's do love real quick and yeah. get you out of here in five minutes. Uh married you dated a comedian though. Can we talk about <laughs> that? <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, it, it was um let's talk about uh, Steve Harvey. Do you know? <laughs> You dated uh, fucking Bobby Tisdale. (laughs) Bobby Tisdale and I dated for years. Steve Uh, Harvey. Would you recommend uh, dating comedians? I'm kind of soured to it. Not that I had a bad one with a comedian, but as a comedian. See, as an artist, sorry, but I'm going to call you an artist. I don't know if that makes you uncomfortable. It's hard to have uh, a lot of people we know that are uh, married and successful and doing well. Their spouses aren't uh, chomping at the bit to do what they're doing. You know, they're often creative in other ways. So, do you find that it's too much of an overload, as much as we like hanging out with comedians, to uh, marry or date? Not that you did, uh, but... I'd say, really, to me, it doesn't have much about
2: comedy. It's... um, So, if you were a plumber, and you dated another plumber, Mm -hmm. uh, sometimes that world can be just inundated with plumbing, you know what I mean? It's a little heavy There's on the There's a lot plum. of plumbing. There's so much plumbing here. There's a lot of plumbing talk. <laughs> I feel like that's the way with comedians. There's a lot of comic talk. Yeah. So if you're dating a comedian and you're inundated with comedian talk and showbiz talk versus if you were a comedian and you dated a nurse, well, you expand your horizons a little bit. I think if comedians are dating each other and they're in love with each other, that who cares? It's lovely. right? But a lot of times comic... Comics dating comics. I mean, it is an incestuous group that comedians. I mean, it is sure. really uh, a lot of people have dated a lot of the same people. You, you, oh, yeah. you find out, yeah. yeah. Sure. But um, uh, high turnover. I, I dated a few comics and I liked it, but it was you know it just it does become a thing. It's Where's like the involvement bits and stuff? Like, Where's the
1: involvement now? Does it? Does your wife do bits? Does your wife? <laughs> Does your I know that's a weird question. We just talked about on the show how comedians will talk about their girlfriends and they'll be like, "She's great. She does bits, or she gets bits." Nick Kroll was like, "I just want a girl that a a to c. He'll a to c. Like they won't go to the obvious place. They'll go to the next place." Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Uh, where do, where's the involvement with touring, uh, with movies coming to the set, visiting, or is it kind of I am my life and that's your job? Why would I come with you to work?
2: Yeah, I think there's a there's you know there's a there's a Thing where it's more of a separation. That's like that's a work life, and that's the, the the way it is. Right.
1: Let's close with you. Uh, if you the don't hard, mind, the hardest was, you've speak, ever laughed.
2: Speaking of church, uh, was it the church service on Christmas Eve? Oh, church laughter is the best. The best because you're not supposed to do you're it. You're not supposed to do it. And uh, my dad, we were this was we were singing Silent Night. <laughs> And we were lighting candles at the same time, but my dad had a really bad wick. His wick was <laughs> his wick was implanted into the wax, so he couldn't get his candle lit. Everybody, five hundred people in the church have their candle lit. They're singing silent night. My dad's oblivious. I'm trying to light his candle. I'm like Dad, we're on the third, you know, stanza here. Get this thing lit. I mean, it's like Not the three spirit. three minutes of him trying to get this Embedded waxed uh, wick into it lit, and so the song's ending. He finally gets it lit, he brings it to the front of his face. (laughs) And as soon as he brings it to the front of his face, everybody blows out their candle. (laughs) It was the greatest time thing I've ever witnessed. And I know it doesn't (laughs) seem that great if you listen to that, but I had this feeling in my gut that I've never laughed it it, i screamed in church i went "Ah!" and i had to leave and um i'm laughing at my father which he doesn't it's not too crazy about it's in church it's uh you know it's underneath the uh you know (laughs) silent night going on it's very boy was that beautiful it was the
1: life timing it it, It was the
2: time was the timing of it was perfect Absolutely perfect. The, gor- the gorgeous. That's the hardest I've ever laughed, and I was by myself. I had nobody to share it with. Yes, that's the other thing because you always do want someone to bounce it to off, to share it. But there have been there have been times where I'm like, thank God, I have this friend Edwin who is really bad at laughing at funerals. And like, he's really he and I are really bad. And uh, I was at uh, I was in North Carolina, and this guy came out to talk to me about doing something on my land. And uh, we're looking out in the land. It's about 7 in the morning. He goes, yeah, my uncle, uh, she lived right over there. At the <laughs> okay, he just made a mistake. 20 seconds later, he goes, and my aunt, he lived right over there. I was like, God, thank God Edwin's not here. I mean, I would, we would be giggling like 12-year-olds.
1: <laughs> he had them flipped. I don't, or I can't explain that. Both oh of them God.
2: B- B- reversed.
1: That's so fantastic. Yeah. Well, let's let's get you out of here. This actually ended with laughing because we were talking about the therapy of laughing. And to answer your question, that was kind of la- laughing. They've proven that if you just do fake laughing, that turns into genuine laugh. It is really good for you.
2: Yeah. Well, there's that. I always that you see these stories from time to time. It always usually is from India. Yeah. They have these group laughing things that they oh that, that, laughter yoga. Yeah. Is that That's what, it what it is? It's okay. Yeah. Is that what
1: it's called? Yeah. Yeah.
2: Uh, Yeah, that always seems bizarre To get together and just kind of like Okay, let's get some laughing going Here's
1: what's bizarre is we kind of know In our lizard brain that it would work And that it offends us It's like red eye reminds us of our reptilian Sort of, uh, it, there's something off-putting about red eye huh. Also it's off-putting when you go Oh, we are just idiots That if I went <laughs> Yeah, it works
0: yeah, works. Mine that was a really good one. A
1: real one. That was really good. Thank you so much for doing that. Thanks I, Pete. I will keep doing this and I'd like to get you out on time. We we end with a silly thing. We I just asked the guests to say keep it crispy. It 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 just started as a joke. You want me to say that? <coughs> you want me to say keep it crispy? Yeah. Here we go. Hey everybody, keep
2: it crispy. <laughs> Wheats and raisins. I added to it.
1: <laughs> thank you so much, Thanks, Thanks, Pete. thank you very much. Crispy.